Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. History Dweebs. I am Tim. Welcome to the podcast where we take a lighthearted look at the dark side of history. Today we're going to talk about the Great Molasses Flood. I like that topic, Brandy. The Great Molasses Flood just fills me with excitement. Well, it was a flood that occurred in 1919 in Boston, uh, in which a 50 foot tank containing 12.3 million gallons or 14 tons of molasses um, burst and flooded the north end of Boston. Is it the worst molasses tragedy in history? I think so. I mean, I didn't really research other Molasses uh, disasters. Other molasses tragedies. Well, feels like a slide on your part. So when I think of molasses, I think of uh, syrup, right? And if you've ever been out to uh, the Frisch's breakfast bar with Renee, you will see the great molasses flood because she puts syrup on everything. That's syrup. (laughs) It's not molasses. Browns, eggs, pancakes. There's Whatever's a on the plate gets molasses. Yeah, I think there, I think there's a difference between, um, but it, they're similar in their texture, is what I was going to say. But anyway, we're going to talk about it in a minute. But let me remind everyone that we are a comedy podcast. We we stride to be a comedy pod, comedy we podcast. And sometimes we use adult language, we, and we put we in air quotes. Because it's really Brandy that uses adult language. Yes. And uh, it was quite different last week because Brandy wasn't on the show because her neighbors changed her their uh, internet password. Mm. So there was very little cussing last week, Colonel. Very little. Brandy is a freeloader, no spaces. Very little. There was a, a 
uh, an air of dignity to the show, I would say, that has been uh, absent for quite some time, Timmy. Yeah. Yeah. But Brandy's is back, so... Brandy's back to class the place up, Timmy, and only the way, in the way only Brandy can do, Timmy. Well, she helps us reach, you know, the common man. Because, Colonel, you and I, you know, we draw in the, the intellectual types. We do get the academics and the... Uh... A lot of college students that are we're, yeah, we're basically yes. we're basically the Ben Shapiro's and Jordan Petersons of uh, comedy podcasting, Tim. Yeah, you are. That's great. So, first of all, I before you go through your whole spiel, I want everybody to know that we can see each other now, and so we've got our cameras turned on, and. Tim, I can see, I have this great picture of his chandelier in his room. <laughs> one of Timmy's eyes coming out the bottom of the corner screen. He got that going. And Snoop Dogg over here, Chuck, is like he's in a hookah lounge. I mean, it's just smoking. And just, so, I mean, it's been a hot minute since we've been able to see each other and record. So I just want everybody to know that this is what we're dealing with today. So it's going to be a good time. But my and, hair uh, is in place. Well, mine is not. And we're also joined by uh, producer Thad, who is hanging out with us today. Hey. Lucky bastard. I, I'm excited Lucky. to be here. Yeah. I've been, uh, I, I'm real excited about the, the Women's World Cup coming up. Um, that's one of the big sporting events that I'm into. And uh, it starts in July, and uh, I think the United States women are favored to win. So they should be. And then Megan's going to retire. That Megan Rapine's going to retire at the end, and uh, and, we, and we've got local talent on that team from Cincinnati. Rose Lavelle, she's still playing. Oh yeah, I forgot about her. Yeah, I don't know she's why. still playing. And and I think what I saw this morning over the last eight World Cups, the United States has won four. And if we, then if they win this year, they'll be the first team ever to threepeat a World Cup. So. Well, that's uh, something to look here, for. Here's the problem. I will be rooting for here's them. the problem with it. So, women's soccer. Here's the problem with women's soccer, Colonel. And I, oh, I know God. you agree with this. They don't usually have big breasts, Colonel. Well, is it the chandelier that's saying that? I will be more excited <laughs> oh, about is. this, Timmy. If they uh, if they wore the volleyball uniforms that the U.S. Women Olympic team wore. Yeah. Well, what? Why? I mean, I, usually, I just. I'm just saying. Big, big-breasted women are underrepresented. They are underrepresented well, in yes, the major sports. <laughs> yes, we are, because it's it's difficult to run bases with big knockers. You got to strap that shit down. So I mean, oh, but I mean, think of your audience. So for those you, of us that are very good at our sport, you know, you make do. Well, I first let me say this week's first. episode is sponsored by. Black Academy on Etsy. Etsy, goddammit. Etsy. Etsy. Etsy.com. Remember what Shelly said. It's it's like Betsy, but take off the B. That's Black Academy on Etsy.com for all of your home decor needs. Use code DWEEB15 for 15% off all of your purchases. Is that real? Yeah, it's it real. real. Oh, I might need some shit. But they no, don't. They I definitely need to check week, out. They will not Black give Academy. you 50% if you do dweeb slash 50. No, you, you got to do dweeb. Not dweeb 15. Yeah, dweeb 15. Not dash dweeb 15. <clears throat> yeah. And no, they don't give you more if you, you know, if you put a 50. 
dweeb 50 on there, they're not going to give you 50% well, I off. But if you, a, a oh, my God. Will catch me. Wait a minute. You, you saw like you could just put any discount in there you right. want. You people are yeah. fucking idiots. Listen, we're doing an advertisement, so you want to make it very clear. Dweeb 15, not anything that Chuck said. Dweeb 15 <laughs> will get you 15% off at the Etsy site. Black okay. Cat and me. Black Cat and me. Okay. On Thank Etsy. you, Brandy. Thank you, Brandy. Yes, you're welcome. It has to be clear if you're advertising, you dipshits. Well. Fuck. <laughs> well, since we've, we're never paid for but Cunard. Whatever. Or, but that, and we're never going to get paid. Line we're never going to get paid because <laughs> you all can't get through, like, what's the name of it? What's going on? Yeah, we have to act like we like it at least. Oh, yeah. I love their stuff. It's a bean. I don't know anything it's about it. a bean it, company. I don't know. Uh, well, you know, guys, I keep rejecting. We we keep getting these offers for uh, like these elixirs, you know, like elixirs. <laughs> yeah, and they want to send them to like one company did send them to me, and they want you to try them and stuff. But I'm thinking my dick is going to turn green or something. So, oh god, I why would tried, they but, give but, you? I've why would those, they send you something that turns what if they want us to like push it or something? Why would they send you something? That major knob turn green. Why? I, would that might, they do that that? Might, it was just might have been my fear. I don't know if it actually would. Really? Because all your fears are so fucking rational. You, let, you know what? Well, Start I will send the these, e- I will forward these emails to you and you can drink the fucking elixirs. No, but I've got kids. They'll do it. Just step to the side. <laughs> I want to talk to the chandelier. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Let's, let me introduce our panel. We're joined, as always, by a lady who is known throughout the kingdom. And at Target, I might add, as Brandy the Benevolent, Her Majesty Queen Brandy the First. How are you, Brandy, if at all? Good. I like seeing you guys now. This is like back to the old days. I can see your faces and the My chandelier, channel. and it's amazing. So, I mean, the chandelier I'm, is the star of the show. Let's be honest. Well, at this point, it is. Yeah, it's the narrator. Um, so I'm good, though. I'm good. I enjoy my job at Target. Good. Off, if you will, but I enjoy it. Have you have you had to fire anyone yet? No, no, I don't get to do that part. I just get to gather all of the um, all of the paperwork. Oh, okay. But, have, have you yeah. put a good verbal beat down on anybody yet? I can't tell you that. Have you I made anybody to. cry, customer or employee? Associate? No, not yet. They all think I'm super nice. <laughs> I know. Oh. I know. You know, it's, I reinvented myself. But do you know what I did find out? Who were there? No, who that, was their last employer? Simon Legree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Patricia Krenwinkle. Um, the um, no, it's fun. I have a good time, and I get to do. I get to be nice to people, so it's it's good. I work in the middle of the day, so I mean, it's not like I get up early or get on late anymore. Oh, that's good. So, that's good, Brandy. I know. I'm glad, you, I'm glad you're doing well there. So everything. I saw good. that Blazer the target, uh, stock shot up. I thought that was probably because of you. Well, duh. I mean, obviously it was, because I am lovely and delightful. 
Now, Colonel, I'll remind Somebody you, wrote you're it on down. camera, so don't do a tubing on us, Colonel. Oh, my God, a tubing. <laughs> I usually only do that on certain episodes, Timmy. The Buried Alive one last week almost got me, but... Uh... <laughs> well, I can understand that. That's that's hot. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> so, anything else going on there, uh, uh, Brandy? You know I mean, no, we've had been, a lot of brandy time so far. We've had a lot of brandy time. We're pretty I deep am, into brandy time. Well, I am. I'm going to record some more what the fuck theaters. I've been slacking. I don't know why. Just because, whatever. I but, wish you would. I wish you would do Plan Nine from Outer Space. Let me get to it. I mean, there's only so much, so many bad movies that I can take. Well, and uh, I think a, uh, are we going to turn those into TikTok uh, videos? Dad, is that the plan? That that is that's the plan. Um, and, and we officially good. have a YouTube channel now. And and breaking Finally. news, we have a YouTube channel. Uh, fucking crazy. Cre- created. We have we've taken this podcast to the next level. So. You, did you build upon the work the last eight years of <laughs> yes. on the YouTube channel? Because he you know, set Tim, he set a I, solid foundation. I'm sure. I mean, Tim, I stand on the shoulder of giants. I do. And, and, and Chuck is that giant and I have everything that, uh, and it's thanks to him. Does, so, uh, does, on. uh, uh, original videos still stand on the site, Thad? With Rudy? Or did you create a new site altogether? Well, the, the one that I had, I, I created, but okay. I, I am always looking for, you know, uh, original classic content. So we should, we should put that on there. Yeah, so where yeah. can they where can they find these things? It's nothing. It's Rudy. It's nothing fun. He's <laughs> just a picture of. It's a video of Rudy. No, he. It's him as a tiny puppy learning how to sit, and he did it on his first try. Now, see how's that? Goddamn adorable. amazing thing! Oh, for fuck's sake! Jeez, so smarter than you. So, so to find both history dweebs on TikTok and YouTube, it's actually just history dweebs, all one word for both. So if you go to TikTok, type in History Dweeb, you'll see the logo. If you go to YouTube, type in History Dweeb, you'll see the logo. So um, we're working on putting adding content, um, you know, here and there. Uh, right now, there's a couple things on the TikTok channel. There's uh, one video on the YouTube channel, but Brandy's going to start adding her, what is it called? What the Fuck Theater? Is that what it is? Yeah, I'll probably just send it to you to add. It's Yeah, I just started calling it What the Fuck Theater. So I, I like it. I like it. <laughs> yeah, and, I like the title too. It's funny. And 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 I think Tim's going to get some stuff when he goes out and about, maybe to send over to add. And Chuck can take some dog videos. You know what? Whatever. I, mean, it's I all have content. got the most fantastic dog video that I took the other day. That's just spectacular. A uh, spoiler alert, but uh, we were remodeling the upstairs, and when the rooms were empty and just had carpet, the two dogs went crazy. There was a bed there, and Bo would attack Rudy and then run under the bed. Rudy would go after one part of the bed where Bo went under. Bo would sneak back around the other side and attack him again, run to the next room, run back under the bed. It's just fascinating to watch. Is it? It's like usual of <laughs> Wild Kingdom. I, you know, it's not like that like, at all because they're in a room. <laughs> I mean, they're in a room, so I feel like you didn't really. At all. I, I feel you didn't really close the deal on that video, Colonel. <laughs> Thank I mean, you. <laughs> I think we could label them. We could label that as Mild Kingdom. Mild King, yes, yeah. Mild Kingdom. Mild Kingdom. Throw that on the TikTok channel. Oh my God. Okay, let me introduce a man who is known. He's a best-selling author. 
No, he's not. Uh, he, he is. He's, uh, he's, no. his, uh, his book, How to Make Love to a Woman, is on the New York Times bestseller list for the 422nd week in a row. Wow, that's not true. Well, there's going to be a, a revised edition coming up to me, so. When does the stage play? When does the spoken word stage play come out? Well, we've got some we've got some legal things to work out right now. I'm sure you do. Um, I've heard the sound of the colonel would be is going to be opening off Broadway. Yeah. What? And, and no, a few good colonels. But a few good colonels. Oh my god! Right now, Timmy, we now I put a disclaimer at the beginning of that book. Just like every exercise book and everything else, please check with your doctor, you know, before you embark on this journey. You know, any kind of physical fitness regimen, uh, please check with your doctor. And and, and people seem to skip those pages because they want to get right to the salacious parts, Timmy. Well, Uh, I understand. I also understand or uh, Andrew Lloyd Webber is working on Colonel of the Opera. Didn't he die? (laughs) Isn't that what killed him? <laughs> well, <laughs> I think he's still alive. Check but, it out for us, Dad. Okay. But my problem, Timmy, is <laughs> there appears to be, I, I, I just this week had to settle a class action lawsuit Yeah. Um, of people who um, have been injured after reading my book. Oh, really? Yeah. Because they're trying to throw themselves into a river so, or off buildings after they read it. Was setting up the Colonel Foundation um, to assist these peoples with their various injuries and and try to prevent them. And and I here's a note, um, you know, that I got from one listener, and it's it's dear Colonel, I loved your book. It has brought me and my husband closer and closer together. Um, however, some of the acts have left me with a hemorrhoid that looks like a groundhog tail. Um, so I, you know, uh, I wish any way you could assist, I would, and it's signed, standing in Seattle. Standing in <laughs> Seattle, because the poor woman can't sit. Um, I have another one that, you know, again, it always says, you know, it's brought me and my husband so close together. But now I have terrible carpal tunnel syndrome. Uh, Can you mute his mic? Lefty from Louisiana. So, and why is Tim wearing sunglasses? <laughs> I have a lot of questions. Uh, we can mute his mic. I mean, uh, well, he's not even been introduced yet. Well, the Colonel is a one-stop Colonel. You can get well, all your needs met through him. Well, I so we're like going to start the Colonel Foundation for women injured. During and to me, <clears throat> in, in a way to give back, you know, because there's a lot of women through their lives. You know, we we just paid for a woman who is a little overly enthusiastic after she read the book, and and they do vaginal rejuvenations now, Timmy. Oh and, my uh, god! Yeah, we mute it, mute it, mute his mic. Maybe I I would say probably. If she was like a car, we probably took eighty thousand miles off of that vagina. So, 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 what are you? What are you calling this, Colonel? This this program? Well, my original, my 
and the lawyers, you know, they're so involved in everything. And I said, well, you know, we'll call the foundation Healthcare for Hoes, Timmy. Healthcare um, for Hoes. Yeah, <laughs> but they wanted a softer, gentler brand, Timmy. So we're just going with Colonel Care. Colonel Care. There you Colonel go. Care. Yeah, because the Colonel cares, Timmy. Yeah, yeah. Colonel cares. I mean, sing it. I'm happy you read the book. I'm sorry you got TMJ now, you know. (laughs) But I told you, don't do it for more than seven minutes without taking a break. I did not wear the shoes for this much bullshit. Afterwards, put a little (laughs) bit of ice on your jaw joints, whatever, you know. But I I tried to warn the people that these are. Oh, my God. I haven't even introduced him yet. I know. <laughs> it re- basically, I know. the book to me is like training for a triathlon. If you're going to do everything, oh God. well, you got to be. You got to be. You got to focus on your health. Yeah, and, and and Brandy, just to answer your question, aside from the salary that I get from producing this show, right? Chuck gives me some money. We'll just say under the table to keep his mic on the whole time. Mm-hmm. So you know, I, I don't want to bite the hand that feeds me. Well. Consider me Liam Neeson. I will find you. <laughs> so, so let's introduce that the man. Let who... the chandelier introduce Chuck. Well, let, let me let me first say because you asked me to look this up. I wanted to tell you Andrew Lloyd Webber is alive and well. He is yeah. seventy five uh, and alive and kicking. And uh, uh, one weird um, thing about Andrew Lloyd Webber: he's been married to two women. Both named Sarah. Oh, that's weird. That's he has a type, or he never has to forget a name, right? He's just always right. Sarah. He probably yeah. has a tattoo. Mm-hmm. Says Sarah. Sarah. <laughs> that's what it is. Let me introduce a man who is known as an oasis in the desert of despair. By no one. We turn to him in these troubled times. A best-selling author, a man of God, the Reverend nope. Colonel Charles no. Beauregard Hawk Walters III, affectionately known as the Southern Gentleman. How are you today, Colonel? I'm good, Timmy. I'm good. As I oh, said, my legal you. problems are, are waning, um, and I'm going to come out with a second edition of the book because some of the women felt like, well, you know, how to make love to a woman seems a little sexist so i'm just going to generalize it to me and just write a book how to make love well oh, i mean it's, because you know women uh, they they need some help in that area too well uh, they I mean, could use i mean when we was doing the buried alive how many times have you wondered am i actually doing it with a corpse here Timmy, in your lifetime, you know There's more about you. It's like the it's like the old old adage, the, the old joke that you don't know if your if your spouse has died or your partner has died unless the dishes stack up in the kitchen. <laughs> you know, that's that's how you know they died. Can't tell if we're making love sometimes, but I will um, say blowjobs overall are mm-hmm. good. Generally. Uh, Sometimes they they can be too, you know, the women can use too much teeth. Hey, I'm going to talk about molasses. Well, it's uh, it's not to be a weirdo. Let me throw this one in there real quick. Let me. This one is an old, never real quick. Old Norm Macdonald joke. Never real quick. Where he, uh, Norm Macdonald, told a joke. Tells a joke. He says uh, he was 
I don't give a and, shit. And the I don't think he tells him anymore. His wife was in a coma, and the doctor said, well, you know, we're, we're really at last stages here. We're doing desperate measures. He said, I have seen sometimes oral sex bring a woman out of a coma. And Norm's like, well, I love her. I'm willing to try anything. And he goes in, and he comes back out five minutes later, and the doctor's like, well, well what? how'd it go? And he's like, well, she just kept choking, Doc. <laughs> oh, yeah. Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, that's that's pretty much par what that's we have classic here. classic Norm McDonald so, right there. Well, yeah, he's a good guy. Not right. anymore. Sadly, not anymore. Not anymore. Mm. <laughs> what was that from? That's from that commercial, right? That Medicare commercial. Sadly, <laughs> not anymore. I'm looking, Absolutely I'm sitting here, Timmy, on this, on this Black Academy site, looking at a, a beautiful shell wreath, Timmy. They sell some yeah. incredible home de- decor on there. You know what, yeah. you know when would be the time for that? When we're actually advertising for them, or maybe at the end. I want to talk about some goddamn molasses, so that we can all, all, right, all get right. on with our day. I want a nap. Okay, let's talk about the Great Molasses Block Fire. Flood. I'm sorry. Great molasses fire. Jesus Christ. A fire? A great molasses fire? <laughs> I don't know. Was... The molasses is flammable. Oh, it's flammable. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like either of you fucking know, you couldn't pick molasses out of a lineup of two. Danny. Neither one of you fucking know. Hold on. Uh, Danny's giving me some. No. You all have never seen a jar of molasses. Let alone done jack all with it. So let's not. But Brandy, have you ever? Heard I'm the only one with molasses saying, experience. Have you ever heard the saying "slower than molasses"? Have you heard the yeah. saying? Well, I have turns children. Out, turns out it's not true. Molasses, molasses can move very fast. Uh, a fact that the Boston residents. So can I? Learned, I want to. A fact that Boston residents learned the hard way nearly a century ago, or over a century ago. Now it was in 1919. And what was one of the strangest disasters in American history? Just after 12.30 p.m. lunchtime on January 15th, 1919, the, a Purity Distilling Company molasses storage tank exploded in the city's north end. As much as 2.3 million gallons of the sticky liquid spilled out in a matter of seconds. To make the matter worse, the molasses thickened once it was exposed to the winter air. After the wave subsided, scores of people laid entombed beneath a substance thousands of times more vicious than water. How stupid do you have to be to drown in molasses? Well, it gets in, I mean, it got in their nose and their throats, and then he stand they up. Oh, hold stand on. the fuck up. That's all they had to do. Timmy, I well, just stand got, the fuck up. I just got the data fact safety sheet on molasses from Danny, my my uh, assistant here. You absolutely did. Molasses not. will burn at nine hundred and ninety nine degrees Fahrenheit, Timmy. There you but go. Once ignited, so if you put molasses on the sun, it will burn. Well, but I'm pretty sure, yeah, rocks will burn at 990 
But anyway, yeah, it, it, it is flammable. So once again, I was right. You were wrong. Yes, you are. If you are, well, if you put molasses on the sun, it will catch fire. You got me. Well, when you it's got fermenting, the it, it be, I mean, it's fermenting. They're making alcohol out of it. So, yeah. So Why anyway, are they making molasses? First responders to the scene had to wade through feet, feet of molasses to search for survivors. And 21, they pulled 21 dead bodies from the mess. So don't make light of it, Brandy. These four people were drowned by molasses. Don't, don't make light of their plight. I just... It just seems improbable, but if I'm sure that that's how it happened. In the early, uh, in the early years of the 20th century, Boston's uh, North End was a vibrant neighborhood and commercial center. The North End borders on Boston Bay and employed thousands of people in the shipping and distilling sector. It was also home of millions of Irish and Italian refugees who lived in crowded tenements within the neighborhood. The neighborhood's population was so dense, it rivaled Calcutta in terms of population distancing. A lot of people. Yeah. Very busy neighborhood. The uh, Purity Distilling Company, which was a subsidy of the United States Industrial Alcohol Company, uh, purchased... Uh, I'm sorry, the United States Industrial Alcohol Company purchased the the Purity Distilling Company in 1917. Boston had a long history of distilling alcohol for industrial uses as well as personal consumption. In fact, Boston plants had been distilling alcohol long before the American Revolution. The distilling industry of Boston played a key role in chattel slavery. The distilling companies would ship rum and other spirits to Africa in exchange for enslaved people. And then they would sell the enslaved people to sugar plantations throughout the Caribbean. Now, the sugar plantations would send sugar to Boston and that meant they could would distill and that they would distill and turn in to alcohol. The trade continued when plantations in America's Southwest, like in Georgia, South Carolina, Southeast. That's the Southeast. But yeah, good. Southeast. Began grow, grow. Yeah, it's Southeast. Arizona Southeast. didn't have a thriving slave industry. <laughs> Not that. Uh, yeah, but anyway, they began. Sugar cane, uh, growing sugar cane, and of course the use of slave labor. Now, molasses is a thick, dark syrup made during the sugar making process. First, the sugar cane is crushed and the juice is extracted. The juice is then boiled to form some crisp sugar crystals and removed from the liquor. The thick brown syrup, the thick brown syrup left after removing the sugar from the juice is molasses. This process is repeated several times to produce a different type of molasses each time. Now, your thoughts on that so far, Brandy? I understand all of it because we always had molasses in our house. My mother uses it to 
make cookies. Okay. So well, we always had it. So I'm pretty sure you all I have, do not have my molasses knowledge. <clears throat> it is also a good lubricant. No, uh, absolutely not. Oh, it is. Nope. It's it absolutely not. It's like syrup, which is, it's thicker than syrup, which is definitely not great for that. Because it's sticky, you dill hole. Well. You're going to get stuck together and have to go to the friggin' emergency room. Explain that to somebody. Well, we had some molasses. Well, it depends on who you said <laughs> to, I suppose. I mean, well, just, I, like, just like Kentucky uh, Jelly. This would be Kentucky molasses. Oh, God. It would be, but no. Absolutely not. Absolutely not sad. Sad. Molasses can be fermented to produce ethanol, the active ingredient in alcohol beverages, and a key component in munitions. So keep that in mind. They, they could use this substance for munitions for bombs in the first world war so keep it that comes into play later a considerable amount of molasses had been stored there by the company which used the harborside commercial street tank to offload molasses from ships and to store it for later transfer by pipeline uh to the to the purity distilling company a molasses pipeline now, this tank that we're talking about, the molasses tank, stood 50 feet, which is 15 meters for all you folks on the metric, yeah. metric system, 50 feet tall and 90 feet in diameter, or 27 meters in diameter. So this is a big-ass tank. It contained 2.3 million gallons of the sticky stuff. Uh, the total amount of the molasses contained in the reservoir tank on Commercial Street, which keep in mind was the busiest street in the North End of Boston, weighed approximately 13 tons. Now, before we continue the story, we have to we have to set a little bit of background, Brandy. Okay. We, we must first discuss what was happening in Boston in the winter of 1919. Um, this was right after the First World War, right? In, in the early part of the 20th century, there was also a great deal of labor unrest in the United States. The labor unrest included deadly riots across the country including in Boston. Um, Boston, where a, a span, um, in a span, within a span of a year, textile workers and the Boston Police Department went on strikes. Now, as I just mentioned, this was at the, for the in 1919, the First World War had just ended. There was a great deal of upheaval across Europe. For a time, Communists gained communists. This is right after the 1917 communist revolution in Russia. And they were trying to spread communism outside of the Soviet Union. Uh, communists for a short time took control of the German government and a, gov- a, a communist was accused of 
assassinate, attempting to assassinate the French Prime Minister Clouseau. Inspector Clouseau. Yeah. And yes. So this is all the background of the story. So there's a lot of shit going on, and there was a lot of anarchy, anarchists going on in across the country, but especially in Boston. Where Bastard. now, where uh, nowhere was this feel fear felt more than the city of Boston, where there had been several bombings. One bombing destroyed a police station in the heart of Boston's North End. The North End was home to millions of immigrants, including Italians and Eastern Europeans who were looked upon with suspicion since many of the anarchists and communists and socialists were Italian-Americans. So there's a lot of distress going on, Brandy, and I will let Brandy tell you what happens next. So keep in mind that that anti-liquor prohibition and all that was in full swing. Alcohol would be banned in the United States in 1920. This is when Molly Hatchet was going around. Yeah. My, uh, <laughs> I don't like that, that lady. What was that name of that lady? Carrie Nation. Carrie Nation. Yeah, Carrie Nation. Okay. Isaac Gonzalez, a poor Puerto Rican immigrant, was employed by the Purity Distilling Company to monitor the 50-foot tank that held those 13 tons of molasses. Well, wait a minute. Ensure- I, like, I, I kind of like that job, just monitoring a tank. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because it's got to be. It's hard for a 50-ton tank to just run away. Even a chandelier could watch it. Somebody keep an eye on that tank for me, could you? Right. Uh, You just need to make sure there was no leaking or structural problems with the tank. He was also charged with making, with repairing any of those mighty, those minor leaks. When I'm not on camera, flex tape on it. When I'm on camera, you don't know what I'm doing, Brandy. I... You are correct. You are absolutely correct there. So as early as 1917, Gonzalez notified his superiors at the Purity Distilling Company that there were significant problems with the tank. In fact, this poor guy spent most of his days fixing leaks. So he was slapping flex tape everywhere. The leaks were so bad and well-known. The leaks were so bad and well-known that the neighborhood children would fill pails of molasses every day that had leaked from the tanks. Oh, sweet deal. Get free mo- uh, molasses. Looters. Basically, the children were looters. They were. <laughs> they were. They were looters. They needed to have um, Mr. Gonzalez and a sniper and a little sign that says looters will be shot. They were Antifa. Um, <laughs> when Mr. Gonzalez reported these leaks, to his superiors, mostly they ignored his claims and felt like he was being an alarmist. Yeah, so, fucking alarmist. <laughs> well, I wonder what they say now. Oh, that's right, nothing. <laughs> All right, so Mr. Gonzalez was so afraid of the leaks that he moved his family to another neighborhood <laughs> so they would be safe. That's looking out. After working a 12-hour shift, Mr. Mr. Gonzalez would return home for dinner and then returned to his plan on his own time to repair the leaks that sprang after he went home for the day. So this poor fucker is probably getting paid five cents an hour, and he is spending all of his time 
saving this town and they don't even know about it. Yeah. See, not all heroes wear capes. <laughs> after reporting, after repeated warnings to his employer, the company finally took action. Oh, okay. By painting the tank brown so the leaks wouldn't be so noticeable to the general public. Smart. Ooh. That's looking out. Well, it was creative. You have to remember Who the that. fuck came up with that? Just paint the motherfucker brown. I mean, that sounds like a Chuck idea. After, let's see, on June really 15th. Does. I'm yeah, sorry, Colonel. That really does. That's a Chuck idea. Paint some bitch brown. Uh, let's see. On January 15, 1919, this kind of sucks because they made a movie, Silkwood, right? Yeah. Yes. But this poor son of a bitch, he didn't get a movie. He didn't. I, and I think, you know what? You should have Logan work on that. Yeah. The, well, it should just be Gonzalez. I wonder if Gonzalez they have a. In big letters. I wonder if they had a molasses shower. For people that were Maybe. exposed to molasses, because that's yeah, hard to, to get scrub down. Yeah, oh yeah. man, it's hard. It is hard to get. It you is probably have to, to use gas off. to get it off when it's thick like that. I mean, and then sit down, and smoke a cigarette. He, he was a whistleblower. Gonzalez was a whistleblower. No, I don't a think he took whistle. it anywhere. It's whistle. What's a whistler? Think... <laughs> he just took it. You get whisters at, at esty.com. That's where you get whisters from. That's where you yeah. get whisters. Yeah, I'm sure they sell that at Black Cat and Me <laughs> on Etsy.com. And uh, do you know what his his uh forebearers were known as? No. Whistler's mother. There you go. Uh, All right. Well, this poor guy, but he didn't really take it to the authorities. He just took it to his boss and they just we're fucking ignoring him. And he said, I'm fucking well, yeah. I'm getting the fuck out of here. That's I'm like, you know, when the He's people who were monitoring the radioactive shit at Three Mile Island <laughs> moved to New York and New Jersey and Pennsylvania and just said, I'm getting, well, yeah, we're going to keep an eye on it from here. We're going to work remotely. Uh, exactly. <laughs> you know, you got a problem. I just, there's just so much. I mean, this poor guy is just trying to save his little town. And so, what dickholes. It, it reminds Dang me it. of, it reminds me of that guy, Alan McDonald, who was uh, a NASA, I think he was a NASA engineer. And he would not sign off on the Challenger being launched. And he told them it's got problems. Oh my God. Launch, and they didn't listen to him. And that is the greatest I told you so ever. I know, right? Ever. So, he, so he got to stand there and say, yeah, I told you this was going to happen, and they didn't listen, and they should have. So I know, and you know what? I'm that petty bitch that I mean, it sucks that all those people died. I totally would be sitting there going, "You see that? I told you that was going to happen." <laughs> well, I fucking told I you. Think... Now those people are goddamn dead, and I fucking told you. And I'll do the little dance. I told you so, Dan. That's that's <laughs> why he's not known you. because when the Challenger blew up, he started to do a little jig. Threw his arms up and down and was like, Yes, King yeah. of the Engineering Lab. Woo! King of the Engineering Woo! Lab. I told you. I fucking told you, people. Yeah. <laughs> so, temperatures in Boston on January 15th, 1919, had risen above 40 degrees Fahrenheit. That is four degrees Celsius. I think, we should take a, I think we should take a little break here and let me mention that Leanne and I went to see the new end of the end of Jones movie. Oh. Okay. I don't care. I would love to care about that, but I don't because we're in the middle of talking about fucking molasses. It costs $76. Yeah. 
Because how much? For for both of us, for a ticket and popcorn and pop, it costs seventy six dollars. Well, I told well, you. I don't know where the fuck you people are going. That was a lovely co-host. How are you? And you know, I, I told you, you that uh, Sarah's friends paid three thousand dollars for us, and I was thinking about that, and I thought if Taylor Swift were coming to my house cooking dinner. And gonna say, hey, you know, let's get I mean, into she's your pretty book. young too. Oh no, she's she's old now. She's like thirty five or something. She's no, she's not. Yes, yeah, Taylor Swift's got to be thirty five years old. Taylor Swift was born in nineteen eighty nine, so that'd be eleven. She's thirty four. Thirty four. See, <laughs> so anyway, yeah, she's getting long. Yeah, she's a there. she's a billionaire. She's a billionaire. If she was gonna make me dinner. She's not. She's not half my age. So, okay. Randy, I, I would imagine you are a Swifty. I'm not. I don't. I listen. I don't care one way or the other. I have no opinions. Taylor Swift is fine. I wouldn't pay that much money to see her. Although I hear she does a really great show. I so wouldn't pay I'm that much money to marry girl. her. That's on you, dude. That's stupid. I mean, she's that not is, Kelly Clarkson, but, you know, what what can you do? Kelly Clarkson. All right, people. So, I'm going to get through this paragraph. If you could. We've been waiting. That'd be I great, mean, wouldn't it? But, uh, I, I would just oh, say. Wait, that, no, uh, chandelier's broken. In the end, Jones movie was pretty good. <laughs> was it? Was it? Because I heard it's really not good. No, it was. And uh, Oppenheimer will be opening soon. I'm gonna go I do want to see that because I like yeah. that guy. But basically, yeah. what the takeaway is, Tim, is don't get soda and popcorn, or else you're going to spend almost a hundred bucks. Oh my god, a hundred dollars for a I, movie. I, I don't get. Mm. How, I don't get how kids can date anymore. Uh, I can go the- watch that. I can go watch Indiana Jones over at my local theater for five bucks a ticket and five dollars for popcorn and a pop. Yeah, I went like I mean we went like at four fifteen, like it was right after the cutoff for matinee. Do you have one of those? Uh, do you have one of those cheap theaters by you? We used to have like a Danbury. Mm. Yeah. yeah. See, we don't. We don't have that. Yeah. All right. hell, it'll be it'll be streaming in a couple of weeks, probably. It will. So that don't you feel stupid? Anyway, <laughs> uh, I took my wife out to a movie. Yeah. Yeah, but see. Like are you? He you went to see Indiana Jones. It's not like you went to go see a chick flick. He you saw Indiana Jones. To have the epitome whole of romance. He wanted his yeah. wife. No, no, no she likes Indiana Jones. Back to so, Moses. Please. On January 15, 1919, temperatures in Boston had risen above 40 degrees Fahrenheit. That's four degrees Celsius for all of you others. And climbed and climbing rapidly from the frigid temperatures of the preceding day. And the previous day, the ship had delivered a fresh load of molasses, which would have been warmed to reduce its viscosity for transfer. So, all of these molasses that are coming from another place going to be dumped into a cold tank, and it had been warmed so that it could be transferred into that tank. All right? Is everybody with me? With you. Possibly due to the thermal expansion of the older, colder molasses already inside the tank, the tank burst open and collapsed at approximately 12.30 p.m. Witnesses reported that they felt the ground shake and heard a roar as it collapsed, a long rumble similar to the passing of an elevated train, 
Others reported a tremendous crashing, a deep growling, a thunderclap-like bang, and a sound like a machine gun as rivets shot out of the tank. Yeah. If you got hit by a rivet, it wouldn't be good. Nothing worse than a sticky rivet hitting you in the forehead. Uh, let's see. The first one in the plant to notice the tank failure. Oh, my God. I... How do you not notice the tank failure when rivets are flying out? Yeah. <laughs> but, okay. Well, and here we go. And I'm going to go ahead and, and make an assumption here. <laughs> so, here's, typo. this is my favorite. I know it is. I know, but I love it so much. It's <laughs> a typo. I love it. I'm going to, I'm going to read this sentence as written because it makes me happy. So the first one in the plant to notice the tank failure was, of course, an Irish deaf mute <laughs> named Ryan Flaherty. I assume it's deaf mute. Yeah. yeah. So, okay. So I have a lot of questions about, let's just assume that we have the proper word in there, deaf. <laughs> Who's he going to tell? Well, A, who's he going to tell? And B, how is the deaf guy the first one to notice that the tank is given out? Well, probably well, when the sticky rivet hit him in the side no, of the Wait a minute. Does everybody else have their AirPods in and they just no. can't hear it? Like, what's happening? Here's what. Uh, and is he just going to yell when, his hands off? When it was, I mean, when I, when it was oh, described in this. <laughs> And in, in this book, Dark Tide is the name of the thing book. Here. <laughs> Dark Tide is the name of a book about this. And this, yeah. this deaf mute, mute. Oh my God! He was facing. <laughs> he was facing the tank, and like everyone else, was facing away from the tank. And oh, when he saw fuck. it, he pointed to it and started <laughs> making sounds. But of course, he couldn't talk. He was, he was the so the guys cried. Uh. <laughs> they couldn't understand what he was saying. Of course, they couldn't. And what I love at all he, that he was, was so animated he was, telling that story, and all I see is your finger. So the deaf guy tries to save the day. He tried to warn his friends who were facing away from the tank, but they they thought he was merely playing a game of charades. It's his favorite game, and the game that he's best at. <laughs> Were they looking at him while those molasses are coming toward him, going, Fuck, it's a book. No? What? <laughs> Sounds like film. <laughs> I mean, Jesus, people. I. Sounds God like. damn it. Yeah, exactly. Too, so they thought soulless. he was playing charades. So when. When. I love all of this. This entire paragraph is just gold. When he couldn't get his friend's attention, Ryan ran the fuck off. <laughs> he wasn't crippled. Because then he was not crippled and he wasn't stupid. Yeah. Because then his stupid fucking friends turned around just in time to see a 50-foot wall of molasses swallow them whole. And this really should be a, a people you need to learn sign language for your own safety. <laughs> yes, that's a good uh that's a good public message here, Colonel. But, you know, I didn't write this in here, but this guy became, this, this deaf mute became a hero because he, he helped people get out of it. He tried to help his 
buddies, obviously, and it didn't work, but he's helped pull people out of the molasses. Well, so shout amazing. out to Ryan Flaherty, but I guess he does. Too bad he couldn't podcast. shout out to us. Anyway, <laughs> I guess he doesn't listen to podcasts. <laughs> Probably not. Yeah, but we have a YouTube channel. That's <laughs> true. That's true. All right. So the wave was of sufficient force to drive steel panels of the burst tank against the girders of the adjacent of the adjacent Boston elevated railways. So it took out it took out the uh, E train. Yeah. The molasses twisted the rails and made them unusable. The engineer of the train was stunned by the event and was able to climb out well climb past I assume that's past. Yeah. The damaged tracks to warn another train minutes before it would have crashed into Commercial Street, some thirty street, some thirty feet below. So it took he, out the he, train. He, he was a hero too. The engineer. he was a hero. Uh, those who witnessed the disaster firsthand spoke of the power of the giant wave of molasses that descended on Boston's North End, according to the Boston Globe. Oh Jesus! A man named B. E. Kingsley who worked in an office near the tank, said he heard a rumble that he thought was the E-train, and when it didn't stop, however, he looked out of his window. The fuck are they just against looking out windows? Like, it has to be... Well, I think Mr. Kingsley, wasn't wasn't he in in a rehearsal for Gandhi at that time? (laughs) It might have been. I guess. So, Jesus. So where the tank was, where the tank had stood, there was no tank. Kingsley recalled. Instead, it was a mighty wall of some kind, a giant wave of molasses, and it was sweeping rapidly down upon the office, gaining momentum every second. Hmm. There was there was no escape from the wave. Caught, human beings and animals alike could not flee. Running in it was impossible. Snared in its flood was to be stifled. Once it smeared a head, human or animal, there was no coughing up the sticky mass. To attempt to wipe it with hands was to make it worse. Most of those who died, died from suffocation. It plugged nostrils almost airtight. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you 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 couldn't cough it out. (laughs) No. Well, where would it go? Hundreds of injured and dying people lay trapped in the sea of molasses. Although I would say if you were having... It was 12 noon, so it was lunchtime, but if you were having uh, breakfast and you had some pancakes yeah. out there, which just dip, you know, as it go by your window, you can just kind of dip. You think just people just stick their forks out the window and just dip <laughs> yeah. in all that? I mean, you know, making <laughs> lemonade out of lemons. You got to do what you can. Yeah. I, well, yes, those are the let the let them eat cake people are in, aren't safe. They're just dipping their fucking pancakes in you know, human waste. Would you, uh, All right. now, just a quick question, Devil. Do you prefer no. pancakes or French toast? It depends. Like, it really does. It depends on where it's from. I like French toast, but like Cracker Barrel, I love their pancakes and their French toast. But if I'm going to the original pancake house, then you got to get pancakes. I'm a French per- toast person myself. It just depends. I like my husband makes amazing pancakes. I like spongy pancakes. I don't like the thick kind of cakey pancakes. 
My wife uh, makes uh, French toast. It's good. Is it French? Yeah. No. Hundreds of injured and dying people lay trapped in a sea of molasses. Debris from the destruction of vehicles and buildings littered the streets. Part of the E-train trestle had even collapsed. Hmm. It would take hours to pull survivors from the wreckage and months to clean up the mess. You know the street cleaners were like, go fuck. Yeah. The snow, uh, the snow removal people are like <laughs> getting their shit. All right, guys, I know it's summer. Let's get it going. <laughs> snow removal guys had lots of overtime. Uh, Charles, do you want to read this or do you want me to read it? Go ahead, Devil. I'm just, uh, I, I'm, I'm thinking back to times that. Uh, okay, I'll read it in my book. In, hours, in my book, I warn people not to leave your mate covered in a sticky mess. And in molasses, uh, sure. Well, words to live not by. Necessarily molasses, but just don't leave it. Whatever. Because you know there was a bunch of women running around Boston saying, "Ah, oh, they got it, my hair. They got it, my hair." <laughs> so I don't think they were. I think they were happy Colonel, to be do alive. You, but do you this is why a, I'm going to go ahead and read this because you're a terrible you, person. You, in your book, do you address the wet spot? I do address uh, the wet spot. It's common. It, it's common courtesy to me to. Uh, well, I advise people to put up. A plastic sheet down first uh, because you you know you get into thing well no i mean you try to do the flying squirrel from chapter 17 you're gonna need yeah, a plastic sheet because you got all kinds of baby oil coconut oil um you know things that are just gonna make a mess so throw some plastic first of all you do understand if that happens you're flying off the bed like there's if you've got a plastic sheet down and you decide to cover yourself in less than oil you're not staying on that bed. Like you're flying yeah. off at every well, opportunity. Clearly you haven't read the book because clearly only I've various not. parts of like you got to use the coconut oil behind the knees. You put That's some lubricant on your elbows. It's, it's, well, it's or, tricky to I get mean, into. Do you here. put up like a, like baby bumpers around the outside of the well, bed. You just so use you a lot of pillows. Off. I mean, you don't want someone bouncing off the bed and flying out the window. No. It's like a slip well, and slide for adults, devil. I know. The chandelier has gone away from me, and I feel sad. Okay, so in the hours following the disaster, crowds rushed to the scene to survey the damage and free those who were trapped in the molasses or beneath the rubble. Rescuers used hatchets and crowbars in an attempt to reach the people who were pinned by debris. <laughs> others reached. Others just reached into the stick. God damn it, quit hit me with the, the crowbar. <laughs> it's only ankle deep, you son of a bitch. <laughs> well, oh my God. They reached into the liquid to pull victims to the surface and came back up with severed limbs. Hmm. What? <laughs> well, I don't I, know. How are molasses that sharp? You know what? Well, you I'm have to remember that all the, I mean, you know, these buildings were being destroyed, crushed. Well, you know, I guess, no, I just, I have it that the molasses was just going so fast, it just cut right through people. Well, it was shooting rivets, and I saw, I suppose there was all the shrapnel in there. Oh, yeah. All right. So the North End's fire department building was completely destroyed by the flood, as were many of the homes and businesses on the neighborhood, busy commercial street. But do you know whose home was not destroyed? I was just going to say that. Gonzalez. That's, That's right. right, God damn it. He was standing he on the roof home. of his tenement saying, doing the little That's dance, right. saying, I told you so, I told you so. 
He is sucking on a Sam Adams right <laughs> on his porch, watching these dumb white people wouldn't <laughs> listen to me. Yeah. Fuckers. Uh, let's see. Here and there. What? Uh, what? Okay. Here and there struggled a form. Okay. Timmy. Here and there struggled a form, whether it was animal or human being, it was impossible to tell. Only an upheaval, a thrashing about in the sticky mess, showed where any life was. Horses died like so many flies on sticky fall paper. Oh, stop, <clears throat> stop, stop. Let's just go back and enjoy that statement, that that writing Wait a minute. that Jimmy had. Horses because died. Because everything spelled like correctly. So all, of the, all of the tenses are there. I know it's it's poetry. That's him again, Timmy. I'm pretty sure. Thank you know what? He probably copied that from wherever. But no, there I'm is very a great proud of it. There is a great book on this on this topic. Dark Tide. Yeah. Right? Did you take that line out of there? Because I feel like you might have. I, no. I don't know. That's... I just want to. I want to give a plug to this book because almost all the researchers from this book. It's called. Dark Tide by Stephen Puello, P-U-L-E-O. Yeah. Is it available Steve. on Amazon? Yeah, yeah, and, and right, Audible too. Audible and as well. Audible. Yeah, it's great. All right, great book. So good read. Good read. So like, oh, all right. So like, um, quicksand. The more they struggled, the deeper in the mess they were ensnared. Well, everybody knows it's quick molasses too. If you're if right. you're in a pool of molasses, just be still and move slowly. The more you struggle, the quicker you're going to. Everybody sink. knows that. Yeah. Well, I mean, when you have so many molasses-related tragedies, mm-hmm. I feel like you have to pick up something along the way. Yeah. You know, and we've had one. speaking speaking of Indiana Jones, and we weren't. <laughs> we weren't I always, at all. Colonel Colonel, my f- irrational fear growing up was. Someday I would have to run from a great big ball. I, mine was that I would have to uh, navigate where spears are going to fly at me if I oh, yeah. stepped on the wrong stone. I still, yeah. mine was, when I walked to Finley Market for lunch, Timmy, I still think that any any sidewalk paver I might hit might shoot a you know shoot a spear at me. Sure. So well. My fear when I was younger was being on a podcast with two dipshits that don't ever stay on topic. That was my fear. And so, great. Here we are. I can handle anything. So, the more they struggled, the deeper they went. Men and women suffered likewise. The flood of molasses was 50 foot tall and progressed at more than 35 miles an hour. It engulfed everything in its path, destroying homes, businesses, automobiles, and trucks. Now, cars at the time... Cars at the time could travel at five miles per hour, so it, it wouldn't have done you any car to, any good to get in your car and drag no, you down. No, no, yeah. caught up with you. Yeah, that would have been dumb. So the thick substance killed humans and an unknown number of horses. Over the next four days, Red Cross workers, police, firefighters, and the U.S. Army and Navy personnel combed through the rubble. Yeah. Uh, let's see. All told. The Boston Molasses disaster left 21 people dead, 150 injured while causing over 7 million in property damage. So that would have been like $100 million today. Despite the extent of the death of the disaster, it could have been worse. If the deaf mute hadn't been out there, it could have been worse. (laughs) 
uh, let's see, had the accident occurred in the summertime, the streets and nearby park would have been filled with children who on this day were safe at school. Wouldn't it, you know what would have sucked? What would could have changed history? If Paul Revere was a deaf mute. <laughs> yeah. Just riding. Oh, you know, he was, you know, he wasn't the only one riding that night, right? Yeah. yeah. He was, he was like one of four guys, but he gets all the credit. Yeah, it would have changed history if, you know. We're trying to he do had sign language like that in the dark. Would if nobody... Helen Keller had gone to let everybody know that the British were coming. Well, Helen and Keller fact, history, and and fact, she was blind. She couldn't ride a horse. In fact. Why couldn't she ride a horse? Helen Keller couldn't ride a horse. How, why couldn't she? Because she couldn't find the son of a bitch. She was blind. I bet she, she couldn't could. even find the goddamn barn. She couldn't well, say, you know Whoa. <laughs> Oh, my God, you idiots. You know what? And yet, Helen Keller's done more with her life than the three of us combined. So, there's well, that. I question that. I, I, yeah, question. I do question that. And I know one thing for sure. I could beat Helen Keller in ping pong. Yes, you probably could. Yeah. And at spades. I mean, you probably yeah. could do all those things. And one-on-one -on -one basketball, Colonel. Goddamn right. Goddamn right. You know, and Paul, Revere, yeah, Paul Revere was captured that night. People forget that. Just saying. Oh. Um, I didn't forget it. I just don't care. Who was captured that night? Civil suits, Paul Revere. Paul, a Paul series Revere. of civil suits followed the incident. And after three years of hearing, United States Industrial Alcohol Company paid more than $600,000 in out-of-court settlements to the victims and their families. That's, for, that's more than $8.4 today. Doesn't seem like yeah, a lot. Le, le, it, was a, oh. it, was, it was one of the fir very first class action suits in the United States. And it, and it went on for three wow. years. It was like they had 921 people testify. <laughs> The, why, why isn't this in the script? Is this just one well, of those things that you like to lord over us because you wrote the script? Oh, you know well, what no, I know. I just, I just, I just want to tell you what happened because there's a fascinating lawsuit. I know the what happened. The company oh. was claiming that Wait a minute, it was no. A that's my part. That's my part, and this is hilarious. <laughs> okay. The company argued that the accident was caused by a terrorist attack. Goddamn right. Because that's what they go for first are the molasses tanks. Well... But you want to shut down mind, the United States? Mm. Keep in mind, there was a lot of uh, bombings by anarchists at that time. The Boston police, the police station in that neighborhood, had been bombed. The company, uh, as I mentioned earlier, that they they made alcohol, but they also helped with munitions. Munitions, right? And the anarchists was, you know, they were against the war, and two ships. Two ships from the, the United States Industrial Alcohol Company had sank mysteriously and carrying molasses. molasses. Yeah, oh. it, sank in a, it sank in the ocean, two of them. Oh, yeah. And it was never solved why they sunk. And they had, uh, they did have people who would, they had phone, people making phone calls prior to this threatening to blow up the tank. Ooh. So it wasn't. It wasn't as it was. was it, it was as an argument. Wall as it seems, I'm, it was probably fucking made up. But anyway, they probably made that shit up to avoid well, yeah, responsibility. I mean, but for sure, sure. So, so it wasn't the tank's failure. It wasn't all the leaking that that poor little guy had to keep going back and fixing. Uh, it was a terrorist attack. Was this like the, the Kennedy thing where they tried to make Gonzalez the Patsy? 
<laughs> Probably. Gonzalez is gone. Gonzalez got his money and moved his people out. <laughs> Gonzalez probably like, didn't even get a dime. He people. just got the satisfaction of knowing he was right. He told you so. Yeah, he did the dance. And, and so. the poor motherfucker didn't even have a job after that. Probably yeah. not. Well, no, he just got on with the cleanup crew. <clears throat> the jury didn't buy this argument because it's stupid. As the company owners, the company's owner gave testimony where he admitted in a deposition that he personally ordered the tank built with a safety rank of three. Uh, but in testimony, okay, so he admitted in a deposition, but when he went to go, when he went to testify, he could not tell the court what a safety factor of three even meant. So he was awesome. Uh, let's see. Expert witnesses for the plaintiff, like Mr. Gonzalez, showed the disaster was a direct result of the company's cost-saving efforts, which ignored industry safety measures. Hmm. It has been said that the sweet smell of molasses could be noticed in Boston's North End for decades to come. Yeah, like, in the, like through the 1960s. This is 1999, so 40 years. In 2019, a ceremony was held at the previous site of the disaster in Boston's North End. So... Brandon, what did they honor Mr. Gonzalez, who uh, is the fucking hero of this whole thing? No, they didn't honor him, and they didn't honor uh, Ryan Flaherty, the death mute. Mm -hmm. Well, in honesty, all of his friends were dead now, so they couldn't. Nobody could honor him. Right. Well, he wouldn't be able to listen to. He them. couldn't tell anybody that that's what he did anyway. Yeah. Is there a statue anywhere of of uh, heroic death mute? No. See? Uh, I, you're right. You're right. I hope if they do make a, a, a statue, they will make it in Braille so he will be able to. <laughs> so the blind people can? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Let me ask you, Brandy, what's your final <laughs> thoughts on the great molasses flood? In my mind... I know it probably went very fast and it caught people off guard, obviously. But in my mind, it's just this slow roll of thick molasses that's coming down and people standing there going, ah, and it just kind of slow. Right. It's like getting run over by a Zamboni. No, it was like 35 miles an hour. I mean, it was booking. But still, I feel like you could get out of its way somehow. But all those people didn't need to die. Go to higher ground. I mean, do anything. But whatever, ask Chuck what he thinks. Because I'm sure it's. Well, you know what riveting. I was thinking, Timmy, when you were talking about Braille? How come when you go to the ATM, Timmy, have you noticed that the little keypad, they got a Braille thing? No. Yeah. The yeah. keys got little Braille dots on them. The fuck blind people yeah. doing driving up to a drive through, Timmy? <laughs> oh, I know. I see that all the time. It drives me that's crazy. Probably, you don't ever wonder that? Appliance thing, I guess. Yeah. That's just. Seems redundant. I believe me me and Ellie Dela Cruz could have outrun the molasses, Timmy. You think so, Colonel? I think I would have. I would have outsmarted the molasses. Molasses is not that smart. I would have just run to the thank, second floor of a building. We want to thank. That's what I said. I, I got a couple of shout outs here uh, to a couple of new listeners who've joined our Facebook group, the Friends of History Louise. Uh, and it's Danielle Randall Berry. So, Danielle, thank you for thank joining you for us. Dan yes, Daniel. Daniel. And Mike, Mike Gibson. Mike thank you, Gibson? Mike, for joining. 
Related so thank you for joining. Thank you for listening and thank you for joining uh, our Facebook group. Um, next week, we will go down through the whole list of Patreon supporters. But if you would like to support us on Patreon, just go to patreon.com slash history dweebs, where you can give a little or Colonel. Or just a wee little bit to me. Uh, oh, I forgot to ask that. His final thoughts on the Boston molasses. Did you get a new mic, Fab? I did. I, I got a new microphone because uh, I dropped mine and broke it. So take better care of your equipment, kids. It's it's important. So That's in my book, as a matter of fact. Take care of your equipment? Your yes. Equipment. Don't very, take elixirs, elixirs that are going to turn your junk purple. That's right. You don't want that. But I, I had two thoughts. One, to, to piggyback off of uh, uh, the colonel's braille at the ATM, was that I've noticed also when you go to a fast food drive up they say if you need a braille menu please ask for one yes so two things one why are you driving if you're blind and two how the hell do you see it if you're blind to ask for one yeah just weird things and the second thing i wanted to say was again i wanted to plug our tiktok channel and our uh, new youtube channel just search for history dweebs on both and uh, we will be putting up uh, more and more content in the uh in the future yeah, and you'll find uh, what the fuck theater there as well. So, so a reminder for your home decor: visit Black Cat and Me at Etsy.com. Use code Dweeb fifteen for fifteen percent off. Okay, thank you all for joining us, and we'll see you next time on History Dweebs. Good day. Bye, everyone. Bye, bye. thinking my dick is going to turn green. I fucking told you. Now these people are goddamn dead. And I fucking told you. I'm happy you read the book. I'm sorry you got TMJ now. Like either of you fucking know, you couldn't pick molasses out of a lineup of two. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.